Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Relatable Homeschoolers. We are wrapping up season three tonight, and we're excited to be answering some of your questions about our homeschooling lives and ways of homeschooling. So we're just going to dive right in. Question number one, which is how did the three of us come together to do a homeschooling podcast? Because obviously we all live in different places. So anyway, how did we come to be doing a podcast together? Heather, do you want to talk a little bit about that? That's Three of us met through Jen Hatmaker. Uh, how many years ago was it now, ladies? Was it like five? No, it's more, no, than, it's that. more than that. Eight, more than seven, that? Or eight. <gasps> yeah. No, it's eight years nope. ago. Because no, was, it wasn't. Yeah, I was pregnant with with my youngest, and she's now going to turn seven. So it was about eight years ago. Oh my word. Okay, well, for the love, people. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the heat of a Texas summer in July. Yeah. I've well, never we, felt heat like that. We met online through Jen Hatmaker's book launch team of For the Love. And out of that, I think, grew a smaller group of the writers of people within that group. And then Harmony started The Glorious Table, um, which is a devotional website for women. And we all right for that website. So yeah, it's kind of been like, you know, one thing grew out of another, it grew out of another. And from that glorious table, the three of us, along with two other women are in a mastermind group. And it was in that mastermind group that one of the other ladies said, you know what? I think you guys need to be on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Because we always bring the conversation around to what we are all doing in homeschooling and what we all think and comparing notes. Yes. Yeah. So we were like, huh, let's start a podcast. Yep. So we're actually involved in a number of other things outside of this podcast. Our mastermind group. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. The website. And it was actually a real gift. I had had this vision for the glorious table for the website and I needed writers. And then I just stumbled into this launch team that was full of writers and, Mm -hmm. and aspiring writers. And I was, I built the site specifically because I wanted to provide a place online for aspiring Christian women writers to have a platform that other than their own blogs. So where they could be more of a collective and that has been going now for eight years. So, wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. So awesome. And here we are today doing three of our homeschooling podcasts. It should be mentioned that there were over 5,000 people who applied to be on that launch team. That's right. And they only took 500. Right. Mm -hmm. And the three of us managed to land uh, land up in there. So totally a God thing. Annie, did you ever go to the launch parties at Jen's house? No, because the launch parties were in the summertime and I can't leave the farm. Yeah. So I met Harmony in person there and I'm hoping to reconnect with her this summer here in Michigan. Yes. Now we're in the same state. 
but I have yet to make it to see Annie, but hopefully one of these years. So well, we got a nice national park out here. Yeah, Come I on know out. on my way out to Glacier and yeah, I've met Harmony in person. I stayed at her house. Yep. So fun. I lived in Memphis. Yep. My brother lives in Tennessee and I try and take a different way home and down there each time just to see some different places and thought, oh, I could go through Memphis and visit Harmony. Now you need to come through Michigan because we're both here. I do. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And we need to go to North Dakota. So I know. When I was in South Dakota last year, I was like, Annie, how far away am I from you? But it was, we were what, still like four or five hours. And yep. I was like, yeah, it's not going to I've work. had one person from the For the Love <laughs> launch team uh, come visit. She stayed, she and her husband stayed overnight. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, yeah. One person has come to visit me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to a more homeschooly question. Um, question number two. When you decide to homeschool, how do you tell your family and or how do you tell the public school system that you've decided to homeschool? This is always a something that new homeschoolers mm-hmm. worry about. How am I going to break the news? Right. Here in Michigan, we don't need to um, notify the school system that we're homeschooling. And for me, for family, it was never where I was afraid I couldn't tell them. So it was just like, oh, we're going to homeschool. And I mean, they had questions like why we were going to homeschool, but Mm -hmm. more just like inquisitive, not like judgmental. What about you, Annie? I come from a family of educators and I was an educator myself. And so I think there was more concern as to why we were doing it and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Family was the hardest uh, to convince because I like I said, we were from a family of educators and my mom was a legendary elementary school teacher. And so um, being in the community that I grew up in with the public school that I graduated from and choosing to homeschool my kids, some people in the community think it's because I have a problem with the public school and they like to come tell me their gripes with the public school. And I'm just not here for that. Um, mm. I have dear friends who teach there and I support my local public school. I you know do some volunteer stuff there and that is not the case. And so I try and shut that down pretty quickly quick. But I know friends who have chosen to homeschool and their kids got speech therapy or they played sports or they wanted to still be in music and other activities. And that's where you just have a a conversation with them and say, we still want to be a part. Um, We still want to, you know, do the things that we did. Um, Still want to contribute in those ways, but we're going to do it through the lens of homeschooling. And sometimes that's gone really well. And educators and professionals have said, you know, we support you in that. How can we help? And then other times it hasn't gone so well. There's been some backlash from the school system. I don't say that to scare anyone, but it can happen. You need to be prepared for that. Have your answer. And then, you know, mm-hmm. as the Bible says, let your yes be your yes and your no mm-hmm. be your no. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation would be to have some thought behind it. I know when I talked to my family, I knew there were going to be questions. I knew there was going to be opinions. So I needed to have my ducks in a row, so to speak. Right. And be clear about our why, why we were doing this. Yeah, that's good. I think what I've run into more is that for people who maybe wouldn't choose to homeschool themselves, that I've had some people feel like, um, mm-hmm. you're homeschooling. So you must think I suck because I'm choosing public school. And that oh, is yes. not the case. Yep. Like it's mm-hmm. not about anybody else. It's about my vision for my kids' education. And, you know, I'm an ex high school teacher too, and worked in the public schools for a decade. And I have some things that I don't love about the public school system as an institution. It has nothing to do with teachers. I still have a lot of teacher friends and their 
are some of the most hardworking people I've ever known. And I have great admiration for their commitment and passion for education and for kids. And there are simply a lot of families who could not homeschool or parents who aren't wired to homeschool, but I am. So I'm just trying to remind people like, it's just our choice and Mm -hmm. it's not about you. And it's a very good thing that we have free public education mm-hmm. in our country, regardless of the fact that it's imperfect. Um, homeschooling is also imperfect. So it just matters what you choose. And it's it's not a judgment on anyone else's choice. Exactly. Just as I don't judge people who homeschool differently from me. Right. Or follow mm-hmm. another philosophy. I'm doing what I'm doing because it's what suits me and suits my children. Right. Yeah. So sometimes responding to those things, it's maybe less of an announcement, but more of a long-term response about how to respond with just grace and kindness and not Mm -hmm. take offense and, you know, that kind of thing. The next question kind of leads off of that. How can we teach our kids to respond well to questions from outsiders, whether it is family members who quiz them at the dinner table at Christmas or, you know, strangers in the grocery store who feel and there are sometimes people who just feel entitled to question you for being with your kids You know, whether you're at Target in the middle of the day on a Wednesday Mm -hmm. or you're at the library and, you know, homeschooling, I think it's become more common, especially since the pandemic, but we've run into a few things. And so how do you coach your kids when they are the ones who are put on the spot? I mean, of course, as a parent, you can step in, but at some point you want them to own their education and to feel good about it. And so how can they respond to people asking probing Mm -hmm. questions? Annie, what do you think? Well, my kids get it often. Like, oh, I didn't know school was out this early. Or are you looking forward to summer vacation? And as I've said before on the podcast, we homeschool year round. So my kids are like, we don't get one. (laughs) I was like, well, maybe we shouldn't put it quite like that. (laughs) And then my kids, because they are self-paced in some subjects, they're a grade ahead. In some subjects, they might be at grade level or a grade behind. And so the only time I ever talk about grades with them, like what grade they are in, is when I fill out the form every year that I have to send to my local public school. But other than that, I think they forget what grade they're in. What grade are you in? They look at me. You're in sixth grade. (laughs) That's actually really good. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say when my kids were younger, if we were at the store in the middle of the afternoon, we used to get more questions or comments like, oh, why aren't you in school today? You know, or, oh, is school closed today? And I would just say, you know, oh, we're homeschooled. Or they would say, you know, no, we're homeschooled and stuff. And so they've definitely gotten better. But honestly, I would say within the last few years, people have been more, I don't want to say not as judgmental because that's saying they were judgmental before. And I don't want to say that, but they've been more like just open. And maybe I guess maybe homeschooling, I think has kind of bloomed a lot in the last five years that it's not as foreign to some people. I think there's probably a lot of people who are like a one off from knowing homeschoolers. Right. And six degrees of homeschooling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All comes back to Kevin Bacon. So I think people have just been more recently in the last few years, like, oh, that's cool. You know, like they hear it and then they're not like funny face, like, oh, well, how how does that work? You know, I think homeschooling is becoming, I don't want to say mainstream, but I'd say there's probably a good majority of people that know homeschoolers. My kids made an interesting observation. It's been a couple of years ago, but they said, like, mom, why is asking me what grade I am in and if I like school the only two questions adults can ask kids? <laughs> or what you want to be when you grow up. That's the oh. other one. And yeah. my son said, why don't they ask me what I'm reading? 
and my one of my daughters said, why don't they ask me what I'm doing in my free time? And I thought that's a very interesting observation that my homeschooled kids are the ones who recognize, because I hadn't recognized it, but they were the ones who said, why is that the only way that adults can communicate with kids? Mm. Well, it's so funny because I just saw a meme today online that said something about like Pizza Hut should give away pizzas for adults if they read 20 books this summer or something <laughs> like that. It was, I forget the word like verbatim but it was so funny because just insinuating like you know like adults aren't reading you know and that pizza hut should maybe do something for them i thought that was pretty funny that is funny and valid <laughs> right and valid yeah all right next question is how do you find or start a homeschooling community um we've talked before about finding with an episode on like finding a co-op and joining organizations like that what if you don't have one so i actually just have gone through this in memphis i had a homeschool moms group we all were at least to some degree charlotte mason homeschoolers you know living books and nature study and following her 20 principles and i got huge encouragement from that group and it was a great place to go to just ask questions i felt very safe they were also my friends over time we did things together um book clubs for our kids and end of the term celebrations and things like that and my daughters made friends with you know these other moms kids and it was just a great source of encouragement and support and community so when we moved to Grand Rapids I couldn't find anything like Mm -hmm. it But from the larger kind of Facebook groups, I could tell that there were Charlotte Mason homeschoolers in my area. There just wasn't a group for them. Mm. They were in other places, but not collectively. And so I talked to my friends in Memphis and they said, just start your own. And I was like, ooh. I don't know if I want to do that. Like, that seems like a lot of work, but I put some feelers out and then got some direct messages back. So I kind of posted in those broader groups, like for my area and said, I'm interested in starting a group. It might look something like this. If you'd be interested, send me a message. And I got like six messages. And then I took those six ladies and I friend requested them on Facebook. And then I set up a group and and put them in it. And then I posted that group like a link to that Facebook group in those same larger groups. And my little Facebook group now has 84 people in it. (laughs) And I was like, 84 people? What do I do with 84 people? I've kind of figured out, it's kind of like when you invite guests to a wedding, you know, you're only going to get a certain percentage. And I figured that it was going to be those original six people who had messaged me who would probably show Mm -hmm. up maybe one or two more. And that is what happened. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, if you build it, they will come. Right. And I had to go into it with an open mind and say, I realize that maybe no one will show up. And mm-hmm. I did some things like I, I put out just a simple survey on SurveyMonkey about what people would be interested in doing. Are you interested in this activity, that activity? Where would you like to meet? What part of town? Does it need to be a cafe so you can buy food? Is it okay if it's a public library? And just kind of gleaned information to find out what people would find most friendly. And then mm-hmm. I just made a decision. Right. And said, okay, this is, and I picked a time that worked for me and put it out there. And then four other moms showed up the mm-hmm. first the first meeting. And we've had one meeting so far. Our next one is coming up. But everybody had been longing for this. It's just that no one, one decided to take steps to create it. So one thing to know is that if you want something, a specific kind of community, then Mm -hmm. you just have to kind of jump off the diving board and take a risk and put feelers out there. And, and, you know, it took me, I probably started making inquiries in February and it was May before we met, give yourself the time to do it, figure it Mm -hmm. out, you know, make it low maintenance, make it work for you. 
Mm-hmm. And there you go. So yeah, similar, yeah. like years ago, it was like when I was finishing up my time in mop, you know, the mothers of preschoolers, I felt like a void, like, okay, now what, you know? And so I just talked to the the ministry leaders at our church. I was like, Hey, we have a lot of homeschoolers. Like I attended a rather large church at the time. Like there's a rather large homeschooling community that attends this church. I think it would be beneficial if we had some type of ministry for them, you know, knowing there's a place to meet like a Facebook group where we can communicate and, you know, do monthly field trips. And the mm-hmm. church totally got behind me and that, and they created under the women's ministry there, they started like a homeschool group. We would have different events held at the church. They're still holding them. Like once a month, they do like a science experiment, like field trip where you can go to the ch- church and people come in and do these little science experiments. We've done other types of field trips. We've put on like a homeschool panel night where we had like veteran homeschoolers, you know, field questions, you know, similar to what we're doing right now. So yeah, I, like you said, Harmony, like if you're feeling the need for it, others are as well. Yeah. And you don't have to necessarily find a group of homeschoolers who are all around the same philosophy. All you have to do is be homeschoolers mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, that was you know. more so ours. It was just more of like yeah. a community of homeschooling people. And like, we would do like field trips together. Like one of the moms would take a month and be like, Hey, I'm going to plan it for this day of this month. And we're going to go here, you know? And it was just to get kids together and do mm-hmm. stuff and have that fellowship with other homeschoolers, which was really just beneficial in the beginning. Yeah. And what I'm doing is, you know, really simple. And right now it just involves moms and we will have things that involve kids and, and mm-hmm. the whole family and things, but you, it's also possible to start a co-op if you can't find a co-op that suits mm-hmm. you. I was really impressed again in Memphis. Um, we were looking for a co-op. I was looking for something that was not a drop-off. I wanted something where I went with them, but gave them a chance to make friends who homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And I found a co-op and it took me a while to find out the story behind it. But uh, a couple of women had decided, I think there were maybe three or four of them. um, They were of a different religion than the other homeschool groups in the area. And so those other homeschool groups had required them to sign a statement of faith and Mm. they couldn't do it in all good conscience. And they were bothered by that. So they started a homeschool co-op where any religion was Mm -hmm. welcome and there was no statement of faith required. There were obviously statements of conduct, background check and things like that. And yes, it's, I think it was a lot of work to put that co-op together because I sat on the board of it for a year and it was, you know, there were a lot of pieces to consider from finances Mm -hmm. to insurance, to, you know, your place where you meet, to setting up schedules and all of those things. It was quite an endeavor, but that is also something if you want a certain kind of homeschool community and you're willing to put in the work and to maybe find a couple of like-minded people to join you to share Mm -hmm. the load, you can create any kind of homeschooling environment for yourself and your kids. Yeah, for sure. We wrap up every episode this season talking about what is bringing joy to our homeschools right now. So as we close season three, what is bringing joy to your homeschool? Annie, what's bringing joy to your homeschool? I don't know if I've mentioned before, but I'm the emergency librarian at our small (laughs) local library. (laughs) Yeah, And it gives me an amazing amount of joy. And so the regular librarian talked to me and she's like, Annie, you are really good. Like 
I do all the displays. So I get to, I get to play with books. It's so fun. She's like, you're so creative with all the displays. I'm just not good with like the summer reading program. She did it on her own last year and she did not, she did not like how it turned out. And she's like, well, could I, would you be interested in doing the summer reading program with the kids? And I was like, are you serious? I get to do the summer reading program. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like my dream job. So we are starting the summer reading program. And then I said to her, because I am a book nerd, can we have an adult summer reading program? And it was the reading program that our state does. And maybe it's more than just our state, but I know our state is kind of the, the one that disseminates information to our local libraries and they have the theme and they have all the stuff and you're supposed to follow that. But it was just for elementary age kids. And I said, what about the kids who are older than elementary? Like, what are we doing for them? And she's like, well, there's nothing in the materials. And I was like, then I'm making my own. So I made a reading bingo for adults and for young adults, as I put it. And we have some really great prizes that we're offering. Water park passes for the young adult readers and then for the adults, we got our local businesses together and we have our local towns called Turtle Lake. So they have turtle bucks that you can spend. You get them from the Chamber of Commerce and then you can spend them at any local business. So Chamber of Commerce is helping us out with that. And so we have like hundreds of dollars to give away um, as prizes for the reading program. So that is bringing me joy. Kids are excited. We, we read all the time, but now we read for prizes. I want a copy of the bingo card, Annie. I'll totally send you one. Yes. That's so fun. I would say for me, what is bringing me joy is you two ladies. (laughs) I'm so sad. This is our last night. Seriously. I just want to thank you ladies because you are a joy and you encourage me in my homeschool journey. And I'm just so thankful for that. I feel the same way. I mean, I have more books on my shelf because of you two. More. (laughs) I think we need to share that. I think we need to share that. So Annie, did you mention that book? on the podcast or did we just or did you just mention it in Voxer? So we like, didn't mention no, it on the podcast because I hadn't read it yet. Mentioned it in our book episode, right? Because yes. it had just showed up that day and you forgot oh, you yes. ordered it. Yep. So anyway, in our book episode, Annie talks about a book that just showed up on her door that she was excited to get because she had pre-ordered it and forgot about it. Well, within a matter of like, what was it, Harmony, 24 hours? Yeah, Amazon hours. had dropped a copy on my porch. because In I 24 hours, it. Harmony had the book. And within 48 hours, I had the book. Yeah. And then come to find out. So the author lives in Michigan and has a TV show. And my husband watches this TV show, which I didn't know at the time that Annie told me about the book. But yes, it is uh, Outdoor Kids in an Inside World by Stephen Ranella. And mm-hmm. it's a great read so far. I'm not all the way through it, but. I'm really enjoying it. And it's my homeschool book, my Thursday morning read Mm. right now. So yes. Yeah. So yes, I feel the same way. You guys bring joy and encouragement. It's just fun to talk homeschooling with you guys and keeps it, keeps things fresh. And, you know, it forces us to, I think, to think through what we're doing and it's kind of like constant reflection Mm -hmm. doing the podcast. So it's helpful to us too. Um, For me, I'm really excited. This is Field Trip Friday season. And I think Field Trip Fridays are going to look different this year. So my company blesses us with Friday afternoon flexibility. So if we flex our hours and do a little bit of, so that we still have to work 40 hours, but we can take Friday afternoons off and leave the office at one o'clock. So back in the day when I was single and didn't have any kids, I used to keep my beach chair and my beach bag and a book and all of those things in my 
back of my car and the workday would end and I would change into shorts and a t-shirt and I would hop in the car and I would drive out to Lake Michigan and do beach day Fridays. Well, these turned into field trip Fridays with my girls and we would use that half a day to visit the Botanic Gardens or the zoo or an art museum or the nature center or whatever and do lunch out and then usually visit our favorite bookstore and maybe the bakery and things like that. But I think we're going to do a lot of beach field trip Fridays Mm. this summer. And I am so looking forward to that. And also just to getting out hiking trails and doing other things, but especially beach Fridays and exploring Mm -hmm. Lake Michigan. And I think we're going to try to do a variety of beaches in the area and see different lighthouses and compare Mm -hmm. different natural settings. And some have more sand dunes and others do not. And so I think it will be fun to explore some of the little harbor towns, Mm -hmm. you know, that are not, that are, they're an easy drive from Grand Rapids. So, all right. Well, we, we have really enjoyed recording season three for you listeners, and we will be back hopefully this fall with another season for you. And in the meantime, just have a great summer and good homeschool planning for next year. Thanks for joining Bye. us. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.